things up in the bedroom? Been fantasizing about surprising your lover with an adventurous new toy or adult movie? Well, here's an offer you won't be able to resist. Go to adamandeve.com and for a limited time only, you'll get 50% off just about any item. But that's not all. Oh no. When you select your one item at 50% off, you'll also receive three free adult DVDs for a little inspiration. Plus a free extra gift so sensual We can't mention it on the radio. And to top it all off, we'll even throw in free shipping on your entire order. And no, we're not teasing. So check out adamandeve.com today for this special offer. Get 50% off one item when you type BABE69 for the offer code upon checkout. When you do, you'll get three free DVDs, a free extra gift, and free shipping. Just use offer code BABE69 at adamandeve.com. Hello, Renegade Nation, and welcome back for another installment of Big Trouble in Little Vagina, the talk that makes your body rock. This program's dedicated to helping you find that most important, most elusive, and most precious of all things, the perfect orgasm. We have a lot to cover this time in this episode, but before we jump into it, I want to make sure to remind each and every one of you that if you're searching for some naughtiness on the internet, make sure that you're using IjiSearch.com. That's I-J-I-Search.com. By using IjiSearch.com, you're going to eradicate that wicked search history, and you won't have to explain any deviant porn searches to anybody but me, of course. Yes, use IggySearch.com and your browser history will never be exposed again. And if you haven't already, make sure that you check out AdamandEveToys.com. That's right, if you're in the market for an adult toy, or if you're just curious, make sure you head on over to AdamandEve.com. The link is going to be right below the episode. And as a Renegade listener, you're going to get one hell of a deal. So make sure that you use code BABE69. That's B-A-B-E-6-9, and head on over to adamandevetoys.com now. Today we're going to be continuing our journey together for a long, deep, and hard look at sex and relationships. Again, some of the topics are going to be very familiar, and some will be new and exciting things to explore. But I promise you this, wherever we go together... We will have so much pleasure and so much fun. And we've spent a lot of time getting very intimate with each other, but in case you're new to the program, I am the naughty mistress with the mostess, the melodic goddess of getting it on, and that deviant diva, Naughty Nicole Delacroix. And the only thing I ever ask of you, my dear listeners, is that you keep an open mind, put aside what you think you know, Sit back and relax, and we'll walk down this crazy path of life together. And don't ever forget, orgasms are nature's way of saying, life sucks ass, but here, have a little candy. So today's going to be a little bit of a departure of what we normally talk about, because I want to talk about something that's kind of personal to me. What we're going to be talking about today is how to deal with rejection. 
Now, rejection in our lives comes in different forms, whether it's through relationships like lovers or friends, or in my case, a relationship with an employer. It doesn't matter what kind of rejection, whether it's love, career, friends, maybe a book proposal, or anything else. It's not something that should affect how happy we are. Rejection doesn't feel good, and sometimes it feels unfathomable. But it should never be something that you allow to take away from the happiness that you have in your life. The reality of life is that rejection will form a part of it. There will be occasions when your job application, your date request, or your idea for a change is going to be rejected by someone somewhere. And it's just a healthy attitude to accept that rejection is a part of life and to acknowledge that what really matters is just finding a way to bounce back and try again. So I'm going to share with you, my dear listeners, that the rejection that I'm currently feeling is from an employer. See, I have worked for the same employer for the past 12 years, and I was recently let go, according to them, because I didn't adhere to some core values. But the truth of the matter is, is that as a woman, I asked why a man doing the same job was getting paid considerably $7,000 a year more than I was. And apparently that's the core value that I couldn't adhere to was that I should be a woman and keep my mouth shut. Well, either way, I've been in a little bit of a tailspin since it happened. And while I know that there's something bigger and better out there for me, I thought it was a perfect opportunity to talk about rejection. We've all been rejected at some point, and some of us have been rejected more than others. So we want to talk about how do we constructively deal with the aftermath of being rejected for something. First off, you need to have an appropriate grieving period. The truth is, you're going to feel upset because of, of any rejection, whether it's having your manuscript rejected, having an idea rejected at work, being rejected by a potential romantic partner, or even losing your job. You're allowed to be upset about it. And in fact, it's healthy that you give yourself some time to process and grieve. You really need to take time out of your life to process a rejection. For example, if you can take the rest of the day off of work, then you should. Or if you were planning on going out that night, maybe instead you stay in and watch a movie. Or maybe you go for a walk after an upsetting letter rejection or maybe you allow that, that chocolate cake that you've been wanting for the past couple of days, but you've been dieting. Whatever you do, you need to make sure that you don't go overboard and spend days sitting in your house wallowing in misery. It's really only going to make you feel worse in the long run. And just because one person rejected you doesn't necessarily mean that there's not another opportunity waiting around the corner for you. The next thing that you can do after giving yourself a, an appropriate grieving period is talk to a trusted friend. Now, this isn't to say that you get free reign to shout about your pain about being rejected from the rooftops, but this will allow you to talk to people 
you know, maybe your potential publisher, that girl that you liked or your boss, you get to tell your friend that you're whiny and you're dramatic and you can't handle life and your trusted friend will talk you through it. That's what we have friends for. That's what we have family members for. And truth of the matter is your friend is going to set you straight. They can help you sort out exactly what went wrong. If anything, sometimes there aren't things you can change and you should just let it be. They can also make sure that you stay on track with your grieving period so that you don't start wallowing. Avoid getting on social media to air your grievances. The internet never forgets. And when you're trying to find that fabulous new job, your potential employer might check the internet to see that you just don't handle rejection well. No matter how upset or angry or petty things get, just don't air your grievances in public. And try not to complain too much. Again, you're going to feel hurt, upset, and distraught. It's understandable, but you don't want to wallow in that rejection. Otherwise, you're going to work yourself up into a state of righteous or depressed fervor. Don't start in about your rejection every time that you start talking with someone. If you think you're going overboard, make sure you ask them, am I dwelling on this a little too much? If they say yes, then just adjust, adjust your course. The best thing that you can do is accept the rejection early on. The earlier you accept the rejection and attempt to move on from it, the easier time you're going to have accepting it and moving on. It's also going to mean that you don't let rejections in the future absolutely flatten you. For example, if you didn't get that job that you were really hoping for, you know, allow an appropriate time to be upset and let it go. It's time to start looking for something else or examining what maybe you need to change for the future. It's good to keep in mind that when one thing doesn't work out, something else usually will and usually in a way that you don't expect will. The last thing is don't take rejection personally. Remember that the rejection says nothing about who you are as a person. Getting rejected is a part of life and it isn't a personal attack, unless maybe it is. I'm kidding. For whatever reason, the publisher, the girl, your boss, just wasn't interested in what you had to offer. Rejection isn't your fault per se. The other person or people aren't rejecting something particular that didn't work for them. They were rejecting the request, not you. In my case, they were rejecting me because, well, I have a big mouth and I'm a little bit of a renegade. But, you know, I'm going to find an employer who appreciates that about me. And in the meantime, I have my lovely listeners like you who do appreciate my big mouth. Remember, they can't reject you as a person because they don't really know you. Even if you've gone out on a few dates with someone or you've been working with, for, with someone for a while, it doesn't mean that they know everything about you and that they're rejecting you as a person. They're rejecting a situation that just didn't work out for them. Respect that. For example, you asked out the girl that really liked you and she said no. Does this mean that you're worthless? Does it mean that no one will ever want to date you? 
Of course not. It's silly to think that. She simply wasn't interested in the request, for whatever reason. She could be in a relationship. She could just not be interested in dating, so on and so forth. You're not worthless. I'm not worthless. We mean something to someone. Last, I want to say, try to do something else. You need to get your mind off that rejection after an appropriate grieving time. You don't immediately get back to work on whatever it was that was rejected because you're going to go right back to dwelling on the rejection. You need a little space and a little time away from it. For example, you sent in a novel manuscript off to a publisher and it got rejected. Hell, I've been there twice now. (laughs) And many, many, many times that they've gotten rejected. After grieving for a little bit, you move on to a different story. Or maybe you take your time trying your hand at something different. Maybe poetry or short stories. Doing something fun is a great way to get your mind out of the rejection. And it helps you to focus on something else. Go out dancing, buy a new book, or maybe take the weekend and go to the beach with a friend. In fact, I had a great friend who decided to take me to the movies to see a new movie, Warcraft to be, ex- to be specific, and I had a great time and feeling much better about things in general. You just can't let rejection bring your life to a, re- a screeching halt because you're going to have a lot of instances of rejection in your life. Everybody does. But by moving on with your life and doing other things, you aren't letting rejection rule your life. All right, listeners, I think it's about time that we take a little visit to our sponsors, say hello to them and see what they have to say today. You're listening to Big Trouble in Little Vagina. I'm Naughty Nicole, and this is Renegade Talk Radio. Meet me back here. Fellas, are you looking to spice things up in the bedroom? Been fantasizing about surprising your lover with an adventurous new toy or adult movie? Well, here's an offer you won't be able to resist. Go to adamandeve.com and for a limited time only, you'll get 50% off just about any item. But that's not all. Oh, no. When you select your one item at 50% off, you'll also receive three free adult DVDs for a little inspiration. Plus, a free extra gift so sensual, we can't mention it on the radio. And to top it all off, we'll even throw in free shipping on your entire order. And no, we're not teasing. So check out adamandeve.com today for this special offer. Give 50% off one item when you type BABE69 for the offer code upon checkout. When you do, you'll get three free DVDs, a free extra gift, and free shipping. Just use offer code BABE69 at adamandeve.com. You're listening to Big Trouble in Little Vagina on Renegade Talk Radio. And welcome back, Renegade Nation. If you're just joining us, you are listening to Big Trouble in Little Vagina, and I am Naughty Nicole, and today we're talking about rejection and how to deal with it. Now, before we jump right back into it, I want to make sure that I remind you that you're using edgysearch.com. Edgysearch.com will help you find some new and inventive ways to maybe focus on something a little bit different after being rejected. Or maybe you're just looking for a little porn to, you know, have a little bit of release. 
Either way, IdgySearch.com is going to keep that search history private for you. And don't forget to head on over to AdamandEve.com where you are going to get a hell of a deal by using code BABE69. That's B-A-B-E-6-9. And hey, you know, if you're looking for porn on Edgy Search, you can go on over to AdamandEve.com and order yourself a special toy to enjoy that porn even more. All right. So before the break, we were talking about rejection and how to deal with it. Something that I'm personally going through. And I know many of you have had disappointment in your life and you've had to deal with with rejection. And now I want to talk a little bit about how do we deal with rejection long term? Because, you know, some of us have a lot more rejection than others. I personally have experienced a lot of rejection and long term is something that I've become very familiar with. So let's talk it out. First of all, when we're dealing with rejection, specifically long-term, we want to reframe that rejection. Remember, rejection is not about you as a person, but it's time to reframe that rejection into something else. People who talk about being rejected tend to take rejections more poorly than people who basically reframe it into something that focuses on the situation itself and not them personally. For example, if we ask someone out on a date and they say no, instead of saying they rejected me, say they said no. This way, we're not framing the rejection as something bad about you or me. They aren't rejecting you after all. They're just saying no to the proposition that you made. There's nothing wrong with that. A few more examples of ways to reframe that rejection are Our friendship grew apart instead of your friend rejected you. Or I didn't get the job instead of they rejected my application. Or we had different priorities instead of they rejected me. In my personal instance, I'm saying we parted ways. That way, it's almost like a mutual decision. Even though I was asked to leave, which is perfectly fine. Know when to quit. When something doesn't work out, that doesn't always mean that you should give up. But it is important to recognize when it's time to give up and move on. Often, not giving up actually means moving on from that particular instance, but trying again in a more general sense. For example, going back to when we asked someone out and they said no. Not giving up means not giving up on the idea of finding love and romance. You're moving on from that person. You don't want to hound them to give you that chance. But you also don't want to give up on asking other people out. Just because that one person didn't meet your expectations doesn't mean you should give up on everyone. An example that I've experienced, if your manuscript's get rejected by one publisher or agent, it's good to stop and reflect on what it was that they didn't like about it. But that doesn't mean that you should stop trying with other publishers or agents. In fact, I had great response from my personal manuscripts. The only problem was is that I didn't have enough of a following at that time. Of course, now it's a different 
different situation and I'm in a different boat because I'm having a lot of luck getting people interested in my new manuscripts because I have such a big following now. So as you can see, just because I was rejected early on doesn't mean that I stopped trying. It just means that I changed my approach a little bit. Remember, you're not always entitled to a yes response. Since it doesn't invalidate your existence to be rejected, don't turn it around and blame someone else for that rejection. In other words, don't let it control your future. Rejection, as already has been said, is a part of life. If you try to avoid it or you dwell on it, you're just going to be unhappy. You need to be able to accept things that don't always work out the way that you want them to, and it's okay. Just because one thing doesn't work out doesn't mean that you're a failure or that nothing is going to ever work out for you. Each instance is unique in its own in its own design. Even if that one guy or girl has said no to a date, it doesn't mean that every guy or girl that you're interested in is going to say no. And if you start to believe that you're always going to be rejected, guess what? You will. We call that the stink of desperation. You're going to set yourself up for failure each and every time. You got to keep yourself moving forward. Dwelling on past rejections are going to keep you mired in the past and it's not going to let you enjoy the present. If you keep thinking about the number of times that you were rejected for jobs or dates or whatever, you're going to have a hard time sending out resumes and pursuing different avenues or asking out that new person. What I'm trying to say is use this rejection to improve your life. Sometimes rejection can be an important wake-up call and it can help you improve your life. That publisher that might have rejected your manuscript because you still need to work on your writing, it may not have been publishable, but it doesn't mean that you're never going to be publishable. If you can ask, ask that person who rejected you to give you feedback on why they weren't interested. For example, maybe your resume just isn't up to snuff, and instead of going off in a huff and saying no one will ever hire you, maybe you ask that potential job person what you could do to improve your, your hireability. They may not get back to you, but if they do, they might offer you some valuable insight in your next attempt. If it's a relationship, maybe you ask why they aren't interested in dating you. It could be something as simple as, I just don't see you in that way. There's nothing you can do to change their mind. So the lesson here is how to deal appropriately with that disinterest and how to keep being positive about the potential for a relationship in your life, even if it isn't with that person. Last and probably most importantly, we need to stop dwelling on it. It's time to let that rejection go. You've already given yourself time to grieve. You've talked it over with a trusted friend or family member. You've learned what you can from it. And now it's time to put it in the rearview mirror. The more you dwell on it, the bigger it becomes. And the more you're going to feel like you never can succeed. If you find yourself really and truly unable to let go of rejection, you're going to need to seek professional help. 
Sometimes thought patterns like, I'm not good enough, or I'm never going to get anywhere, can get entrenched in your psyche, and each rejection only furthers that entrenchment, and a good professional can help you move on from a past like that. So I hope you can see that rejection, while it's painful and has its moments, helps you become a better person and helps you live a more full life. And yeah, I'm in the same boat. Rejection sucks. There's only one thing you can say about it is it's much like getting bent over and fucked in the ass without being asked to be. And no lube. It hurts like hell. It's no fun. And to be perfectly honest, we would prefer that it never happened. But the fact of the matter is, is there's nothing we can do about it other than accept it and move on and hopefully become better people from it. All right, guys, it's time for another break to our visit to our lovely sponsors. Let's see what they have to say about it and meet me back here in a few minutes. We'll talk about this a little bit more and see where we're going in the future. All right, you're listening to Renegade Talk Radio. This is Big Trouble in Little Vagina, and I am Naughty Nicole Delacroix. Meet me back here. Fellas, are you looking to spice things up in the bedroom? Been fantasizing about surprising your lover with an adventurous new toy or adult movie? Well, here's an offer you won't be able to resist. Go to adamandeve.com, and for a limited time only, you'll get 50% off just about any item. But that's not all. Oh, no. When you select your one item at 50% off, you'll also receive three free adult DVDs for a little inspiration, plus a free extra gift so sensual we can't mention it on the radio. And to top it all off, we'll even throw in free shipping on your entire order. And no, we're not teasing. So check out adamandeve.com today for this special offer. Get 50% off one item when you type BABE69 for the offer code upon checkout. When you do, you'll get three free DVDs, a free extra gift, and free shipping. Just use offer code BABE69 at adamandeve.com. You're listening to Big Trouble in Little Vagina. This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio. And welcome back, my listeners. If you're just joining us, I am Naughty Nicole Delacroix, and you are listening to Renegade Talk Radio, and this is Big Trouble in Little Vagina. And today, we have been talking about dealing with rejection. And for this last segment, I wanted to cover the one question that's probably on everybody's mind, because truthfully, it's on my mind too. And that is the question of revenge. Yes, revenge. A dish best served cold and swift. One urge that people experience, but we rarely discuss, is revenge. Now, Webster defines revenge as to avenge as oneself, usually by retaliating in kind or degree or to inflict injury in return for something, such as to revenge an insult. The struggle with revenge is centuries old. Shakespeare said, If you prick us, do we not bleed? If you tickle us, do we not laugh? If you poison us, do we not die? And if you wrong us, shall we not revenge? 
Shakespeare clearly thought revenge was as normal and predictable as the sun rising and setting. Maybe. But what about the idea that revenge is self-destructive? Confucius says, before you embark on a journey of revenge, dig two graves. Gandhi seemed to agree with him when he said, an eye for an eye only ends up making the whole world blind. Revenge seems to be one of the deepest instincts that we have. Who hasn't said, I hope he gets his, or wish that karma would strike sooner rather than later? Dirty Harry's go ahead and make my day resonates across generations. Out of control revenge, attack and counterattack can be blinding and destroy the lives of all involved. But our instincts and emotions usually serve a purpose, and we shouldn't ignore them completely. Maybe the purpose of revenge is in preventing certain hostile actions, or the threat of revenge ensures people do not hurt you in the future. But sometimes people act revengeful when no good can come of their actions, other than to inflict suffering on others. Those actions can go to unfathomable extremes. Lovers running over a beloved iPhone, or destroying what the ex most values, to even business people damaging careers of those who have rejected them, students opening fire in school hallways. Revenge can be an act of anger, hurt, and power. People who have been hurt or betrayed seem to believe without any doubt that if the other party suffers, they'll feel better. Their emotional pain will lessen. But is this true? Revenge actually can make you feel worse. To test whether revenge makes people feel better, researchers set up a group investment game with some college students, where if all the students cooperated, all parties would benefit equally. However, if someone refused to invest his or her money, that person would benefit at the group's expense. A secret experimenter, called a free rider, in each group convinced all the group members to invest equally. But when it came time for them to put up their own money, those free riders didn't go along with the agreed upon plan. Now here comes the revenge part. The researchers offered some of the groups a way to get back at that free rider. They could spend some of their own earnings to financially punish the group's defector. Everyone who was given the chance for revenge took it. And they predicted that they would feel much better once they got their revenge. But the results showed that the participants who got revenge reported feeling even worse than those who didn't get revenge, but believed that they would have felt even worse had they gotten back at the free rider. The students who didn't get the opportunity for revenge said they thought they would feel better if they had that opportunity, even though the survey results identified them as the much happier group. Both groups thought revenge would be sweet, but their own reported feelings showed that revenge actually made them less happy. When people don't get revenge, they tend to trivialize the event by telling themselves that because they didn't act on those vengeful feelings, it wasn't such a big deal. 
and it's easier to forget it and move on. But when people do get revenge, they can no longer trivialize the situation. Instead, they go over and over it and end up feeling much worse. Or maybe it does make you feel better. Another researcher still thought that there were some situations in which revenge could be satisfying. He considered two different possibilities. One was that revenge alone wasn't enough for the avenger to have satisfaction. The offender must know the connection between the original insult and the retaliation. He called that the understanding hypothesis. The second possibility was that of comparative suffering. This meant that seeing an offender suffer was important. His results showed that, on, that the only situation when acting on revenge was more satisfying than not acting on revenge was when the offender understood and acknowledged why the act of revenge had occurred. He described this as understanding hypothesis, as reestablishing justice. The problem is that while the Avenger often believes the offender received just desserts, the offender usually perceives the retaliation as too harsh. Thus, an endless cycle could follow. Most people understand this concept. So, why do people continue to believe in and have such strong urges for revenge? So, what do we do when we have thoughts of revenge? As with all internal experiences, being mindful of what you're experiencing is the first step. Thoughts of revenge apparently feel good and may be a basic human instinct, perhaps to help us survive. Accept your urges and thoughts of revenge as a basic human response related to trust. Trust is important in any relationship and critical for cooperative societies. When you are thinking about revenge, it usually means you believe trust has been broken. Remember, while the anticipation of revenge may feel pleasurable, the actual carrying out of revenge brings little satisfaction and may even create more problems and suffering. Acts of revenge do not repair trust or reestablish a sense of justice for either party. Wait until you are calm emotionally and can think rationally before making any decisions. This is the cold part of revenge, is a, best, is a dish best served cold. If you act impulsively on such urges, you are likely to create more suffering for yourself and others and end up regretting your actions. Consider whether the loss of trust is justified. Do you have all the facts? If not, Get clarity about what truly happened before taking any action or making a decision. If someone has acted in ways that are truly untrustworthy and hurtful, then tasks suggested by your thoughts and urges is to find ways to repair that trust or to move forward in a different direction. Maybe there's been a misunderstanding, a miscommunication, or maybe it's just a problem that could be solved. Would a dialogue with this person ex to explain your position be helpful for you, even if nothing changed? Would the offending person be willing to listen? Sometimes expressing your views and feelings is helpful. 
An apology could be quite healing, and having a dialogue could give the offending person the opportunity to do just that. You can even learn from the experience. Were there signs of problems that you ignored? Were you careful about who you trusted? What positive changes can you make based on what you've learned? How do you see yourself as a result of this experience? Did you make decisions that show self-respect and reflect your own personal values, regardless of how the other person behaved? Focus on what is in your control and take the right step. Sometimes it may be that standing up for yourself is the right step, but doing so in a positive way rather than for revenge. Practice acceptance. Accept that some people are going to break your trust. That is a statement about them, not you. Your response is what, what is about you. When you are emotionally sensitive, you may experience many situations in which you feel hurt by others, and those urges for revenge can be managed. And as long as you're not acting on them, I say you can have any revenge fantasy in your head that you want. There's nothing wrong with thinking about it. Just don't act on it. With that, that's our time for today. And I do hope that you've enjoyed this ride. And maybe you learned a little something. Or maybe you just like listen to me talk. And if you did, or if you want to talk about broken trusts, betrayals, and even thoughts about revenge, let me know. You can find me at my website, www.nicole-delacroix.com, or you can even tweet to me at, at Nicole Delacroix. If you're enjoying listening to me, then make sure you pick up a copy of my book, Sexual Confessional Confidential Admissions from Social Media, available on Amazon.com and all other major booksellers. And hey, it's still on sale in the Kindle store but it might not be soon. So run out and get yourself a copy. I do want to thank you for joining me for Big Trouble in Little Vagina here on Renegade Talk Radio. And don't forget to join us next week. Until next time, remember what the great French Impressionist said of revenge. Life being what it is, one dreams of revenge. And as long as dreams are all that you do, Revenge can be sweet. Good night, my little heathens. Talk to you next time.